What's up, RPG fans? Welcome to episode 43 of the Switch RPG Podcast. Tonight, I am one of your hosts, Philip, and I'm joined, like I used to be, by <laughs> the voice of the people himself, Mr. Going to PAX East, yep, GM. Yep. Yes, I'm going to. I'm really excited about it. It's the first time I'm going as a media member. I'm not sure what to expect, uh, but I'm really, really excited about that. And um, this this whole situation right now we got going on, you you know, you're kind of back in the saddle today. <laughs> this is this is awesome. It is so nice to have you, you know, back for this uh, for this episode. And I wish you could come back more, but I mean that's. <sighs> We will see. Yeah, no, I mean, thank you, thank you for having me back. I was, I was glad uh, you reached out last week, and I couldn't make last week work. And I was just commenting before we uh, we went live here that uh, Gio did a fantastic job last week in well, in the driver's seat by himself. Oh man, Very I was like a big, impressive. I was like an adult. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> were, I had just gotten my license, driving, and I'm like, you were, and I'm freaking to, like, out, fix man. The kids in the back seat, you know. Yep. You got like the dog in the passenger seat. Yeah, man. It yeah, was. It was crazy. I was like a full on adult. I was freaking out, man. Uh, but for real, it's uh, it's good to be back guesting and uh, back in the the the, the hosting here. And uh, let me perform my duties ladies and gentlemen if this is your first time listening i apologize for that little off topic uh, jaunt there but this is the switch rpg podcast which is coming to you from the website switchrpg.com and we cover all of the latest news upcoming uh game releases and everything that's happening in the world of rpgs on the nintendo switch this week We've got some great stuff for you. Mm -hmm. Some great stuff. Some uh, some updates. Some games coming to Switch. Uh, we also have a really good listener question yeah, from yeah. Uh, from Switch RPG Podcast Hall of Famer Paul Nichols. Um, I've got some answers for it, and then um, then we've got uh, some some anthem talk later on. Anthem talk. Yeah, anthem because anthem's on the Switch. No, it's really not. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know that I'd want it on the Switch at this point, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it might kill your Switch. Anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before we jump into the news, as we always do, uh, let's cover some quick housekeeping. Make sure if you enjoy the show, uh, we would really appreciate it if you took the time to head over to your favorite podcasting app, leave us a rating and review. It really helps us out. Um, some people don't understand how ratings and reviews help. Uh, the more of those you have, the higher you will uh, you will appear in searches when people are looking for podcasts of certain genres, things like that. So uh, every little bit helps. Also, if you'd like to join the conversation, because we are all about community here at the Switch RPG Podcast, if you'd like to mm -hmm. join the conversation, head over to our Discord, uh, which is discord.switchrpg.com. 
And uh, we have a podcast channel already set up. Jump in, comment on what we've been talking about this week, ask us questions, anything you want. Uh, and uh, Geo is, is really good about lurking in there and jumping on questions and I'm always answering them and, and being snarky. Never. And then finally, uh, be sure to, to, to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is... Uh, is run by Geo himself. Uh, does a great job over there. Uh, there you can watch our Let's Plays game reviews and join us when we record the podcast live. If uh, if we record the podcast, if we live. record it live, which we're <laughs> not doing currently, no, due to tech issues. But anyway, stay tuned for that stuff. Housekeeping out of the way. Let's get into the episode proper with the first segment being the news segment uh first off a very popular game on the switch i know because i've been listening to the show i've been keeping tabs with you guys i know just how much of tales of vesperia Corey has not been playing when he says that you know oh i've played for 18 hours in a day and then he goes for eight weeks without playing i know what it's like but anyway tales of vesperia coming to you from uh i still don't know in 2019, how to pronounce that website. Jamatsu is good. Jamatsu. I like that. Yeah. All right. But anyway, uh, the Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition version 1.2 is hitting uh, from the time that we're recording this, which is on Wednesday. It's coming tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening yep. to this on Friday, that update is there. And you yep. guys should all go update. Um so I'm just going to run down uh, some of the bullet points that uh, Jamatsu has here. Um, all versions, um, this update is going to fix a rare issue, which the game will freeze during gameplay. Uh, it adjusts the height of certain enemies, both in the overworld map and in battle. It fixes the display lag that would occur in uh, Ma... Ma... Montek. That your guess with that is as good as mine. Adjust the behavior of stick controls during battle. It fixes an issue in which Flynn's voice would play in Japanese when changing his strategy to up to you during uh-huh. battle. Even when the voiceover settings have uh, have been set to English. That's that's a strange one. I've and actually then, had most of those things happen. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I have still not played. I've, I, I gave Corey a hard time. I have not played Tales of Vesperia yet. All right. Uh, and then finally, it improves stability of other behaviors. Um, very. And there's some other stuff too. Everybody, yeah, right. go over to Jamatsu. I'm not going to take any more time uh, doing it. Um, I will say uh, for specifically the Switch version, it's also adjusting the audio balance. So, Geo, I don't know uh, if that's a problem. Anyway, it, it it is a problem. There are the burn times where uh, my uh, the music is just kind of out of balance with the with the action going on the screen. Like there there was just some again some stability issues there. I've had um, the stick controls where my character uh, Yuri wouldn't move at all, and and I'm, I'm trying to move him, trying to move him again in the fighting arena as you would call it. I'm trying mm-hmm. to move him around, and he just wouldn't go anywhere. So it seems like that has is also being addressed. And then when I'm changing my fighting style, I guess you could call it, I would get the random, not the, yeah, it was random, random Japanese uh, talking. And I just thought it was part of the game, to be honest with you. I really didn't 
think much of it, but mm-hmm. you know, hey, they're they're supporting their game, so cool. Great. Uh, staying at Jamatsu, we have an announcement uh, that NIS America has a press event uh, video presentation set to go live March the 11th. So yep. next was that Monday, I believe. Yeah, on Monday uh, at noon Eastern time. That's 9 a.m. Pacific time for all of you West Coasters. There's no West Coasters. West Coast. West Coasters. West Coasters. Anyway, anyway, NIS America. Uh, Gio, would you agree that I mean they're one of the top supporters on Switch at this point? I mean they they very much uh, support the Switch. I don't know about top supporters. Square Enix is is definitely up there mm-hmm. with the amount of stuff that they have going on the Switch. I mean NIS America definitely puts their their products on the PlayStation Four as well as the Nintendo Switch. Absolutely. So, yeah, uh, and, they're definitely and, supporters. Yeah, and according to this this article in Jamatsu, uh, it looks like um, it looks like there's there's a, there's a high possibility that we'll be seeing some uh, new game announcements. Yep. Um, maybe some release dates that I mean could be you know as soon as this year. So cool stuff. Right. Yeah, I think I think we'll definitely get a little bit more of. I mean, this is. Caliglia effect overdose will already be out at this time, but they'll be definitely talking about that their newest release. Then they'll be talking about apparently they'll be releasing some more information on on their like you had mentioned the uh, releases to be uh, this year. I don't think they're doing anything further than that, as far as I know. So yeah, so- yeah new games to be expected. So yeah, very good. and. To be expected, these games, at least most of them, if not all of them, will appear on the Switch. So a Switch library that has already been impressive, uh, Mm -hmm. we know is going to be impressive this year, could get even more impressive next Monday uh, if NIS America comes out, shows some cool stuff, and says, hey, you know what? It's coming this year. So Yeah, and typically most of their releases have been RPGs, so definitely something to look into and watch. And I understand, you know, with them, they're more Japanese oriented, so a lot of people aren't into that, which is which is fine. They definitely have kind of a, a niche, you know, audience, uh, but th- but they will be putting out some RPGs without a doubt. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of game announcements, heading over to rpgamer.com, we have uh, a brand new World War Two styled rpg uh entitled mm-hmm. warsaw yep. um i they uh, it's it's i know it's the um i know it's the company that did what is that regalia of men yeah. and monarchs yep. uh what is that De- uh pix pixelated right yeah Th- that pixelated. game is the uh the developer yeah oh i'm not sure i'm not sure i think it, i think it's pixelated uh, my eyes are really bad. That's part of the problem here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, from that, from that, uh, company that brought you regalia of men and monarchs, this is, uh, like I said, Warsaw has been announced. Um, it takes place during the, once again, this is coming from, uh, Alex Fuller over at RP gamer. Um, 
Set during uh, 1944 as an uprising against the occupying Nazi forces, you, uh, you commands squadrons um, of recruits, and I don't know exactly, is this, is turn-based? Is it, is it more strategy? Uh, I think it I'm might be sure. a turn-based strategy. Just... It might be both of those things in once. And you were right, it is it is pixelated, the, de- okay. the developer. And what really... St- Stuck out in this game is it reminds me of Darkest Dungeon, uh, almost oh. almost to a T. You know, it's oh. got the, the cell shaded type of characters. It's got the the same you know um, uh, what's the like where the layout I guess you could call it. It's got it's it's very much influenced with Darkest Darkest Dungeon. So if you like Darkest Dungeon, you may like this. I don't know if this. I don't. Doesn't sound like this game is going to be a rogue like liked light whatever you want to call it. It doesn't sound like it's going to be something like that. But maybe it's going to be a little more straightforward. But yeah, it definitely has darkest dungeon vibes for sure. Yeah, and uh, there is an actual trailer, a little mm-hmm. teaser trailer uh, there on the article from from RP Gamer. So everybody go. Go flood RP Gamer. Um, go check out the trailer. Uh, there's a screenshot here. It does look like sort of a more classic turn-based uh, battle system where right. enemies on one side, uh, your party on the other side. So, hey, I'm all for turn-based now. I really yeah. am. Are you? Because I know. I mean, I I I've, I've I hear this quite a bit that turn-based is kind of falling out of style. Not out of style, but out of favor like people are starting to like it less you're you're not in that camp no no uh i mean i'm i'm of the mind that the uh, the 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 battle system in final fantasy 10 is one of the best i've ever played and i was actually talking about this either earlier today or yesterday with somebody because it made the battles especially like the boss battles it made them feel like a puzzle right because you weren't like press for time uh, a lot of people say that that's the drawback is that there's right. sort of no urgency to it that does i don't care about that uh it, it made it feel a little bit more cerebral like uh okay usually these bosses have a gimmick now i have to experiment to figure out what it is you're you're dealing with your t- turn order especially once you got skills that could haste your party mix right. up the turn order maybe you could um maybe you could like stun or delay or put to sleep the enemy delay their actions i i like all that kind of stuff and there's yeah. no time um you know there's no time element mm-hmm. I, I i like that and you know i know that there is a contingency out there that that says that you know turn-based is sort of dying maybe because it's less interesting but i would sort of push back and say okay well look i mean persona 5 was one i mean was a hot game a few years right. back a lot of people love that game and it's turn-based, you know. So yeah, see, f- see, for me, I I do like turn-based, but I also like turn-based that where there where certain allies' move set kind of play off another, like they can kind of have combo attacks and things like that. So I like kind of layered type sure. of turn-based um, action, um, I guess you could call it. Um, sure. Which we're not seeing that much of. I wish there was more of that. Well, cause I think that, I think there's so much that you can do with turn-based and I, I think that maybe part, 
part of the reason that it's quote unquote sort of dying out is maybe there wasn't too much innovation there. Mm-hmm. I think you can do things with turn based. I remember, and this isn't like a game that set the world on fire, but uh, Saturday morning RPG had something interesting where it was your typical turn base, but every time you attacked, there was sort of a little quick time thing or like oh, yeah, yeah. your different skills you would have to do like a different combo of uh, maybe it was like a button pressing thing or like a yep. little sort of mini game that would add extra damage or would add like a stun attack. And then the same thing, whenever the enemy attacked you, uh, you you had to pay attention to like the animation of the, of the enemy. And there was always a moment right before you got hit where you could mm-hmm. hit a button and it would uh, it would eliminate some of the damage. It would it would alleviate some of the damage that you took. Yeah, it would lessen it a little bit. See, I like that. It's a little mechanic yeah. that kind of deviates from the norm, and it, it just take it grabs your you know attention. It a forces bit. you back on your toes a little bit. Right, 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 right. Yeah, um, and yeah. and especially when like all the 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 different enemy types had different like timing. Uh, mm-hmm. So that it wasn't just a, a sort of a throwaway. Okay, right. I did this five times. I know exactly how to do it. Now that I'm with you know facing a new enemy, oh, I've got to, you know you got to learn that enemy. Different. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's perfect. I like something a little some new spin on the turn base. You know, because having the same stale turn base thing, it it can it can get boring. It really can. Octopath. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> wow not even back 20 minutes and we're not no nope. already we're already there okay anyway head heading back over to jamatsu uh we've got uh the alliance alive hd remaster hitting um ps4 switch and pc in japan later this year alliance alive i i don't know anything about this game what is this is this one that a lot of people like I I think so. Um, I'm hearing a lot about it. I don't know. Again, just like you, I don't know much about it either. I want to say this came out later in the life cycle of the 3DS. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it didn't get the proper. I mean, yeah, it didn't get that proper notoriety sure. on the 3DS. So now they're kind of moving it over to the Switch, and I think at some point it is it is coming here. But eventually, you would assume so. Uh, yeah, I, I would. I would think so, right? Yeah, and I think that's sort of interesting because you know we we it's well documented. We've been getting a lot of Wii U ports over yeah. on onto Switch. I feel like we're sort of running out of those titles. There's still a few that I would like to see come over. We're sort of slowly running out of those titles. Mm-hmm. So I would be interested to see more 3DS games come over. I know that that might be a little bit more involved of a port because you're dealing with the two screens to to one screen. Right. So, you know, I'm I'm not a genius or a game dev or <laughs> that's anything, their job. You know. Yeah. 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 But most of the time, it, make it happen. Most of the time, that second street screen is a, is a map, um, especially in RPGs. I mean, they you can figure it out. You know they could they could figure that out, but I think, um, yeah. Why not start getting those good 3DS games? You know, put put the HD on it, put the remaster on it, and bring it bring it over to the Switch. Like your brave, 
Fox. I was just gonna, I was <laughs> just saying that Bravely Default is and Bravely Second. You know, a lot of people. There are so many RPGs on 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 the 3DS. It's ridiculous how many are on there. So maybe they'll start tapping into that, or either straight up port or start you know HD remastering them. I don't know what they're waiting for, but you know, hey, let's go. Yeah, I mean. It. Once again, I don't know what goes into these things. How hard is it? How much does it cost? Right, but is it in worth my it? in my little ignorant brain, I feel like if it did okay on the 3DS, you're going to have the opportunity for it to be in front of another big audience. Yep. On a system that people love buying games for. Right. So just do it. Yeah, I mean, granted, yes, the install base for the 3DS is probably a lot higher. Oh, my goodness, yes, yes. Right, but you got to, I and I'm just going off of what I think. I would say that most of the owners of the 3DS are younger people, but I don't even, now that I'm kind of thinking about that a lot, that's probably not even true at this point. Yeah, just just ignore that, what I just said. Because, that <laughs> no, that can't be true. That can't be true. Just a bunch of eight-year-olds running around. The, yeah, that's the entire not market is eight-year-olds. Two <laughs> um, DSs that that might be the case. Maybe because yeah, no, those but... came out so late in the three DS life cycle, and right. you know they are marketed as a, a cheaper thing, sort of at parents to buy for kids. Now, that might be true, but yeah, Maybe. I think overall over the entire lifespan of three DS, I mean, I think it's wide and diverse. So yeah. Um. <clears throat> Oh, caught, caught something in my throat there a little bit. Oh, my God. Over at Nintendo Life, we have another game announcement coming. This one coming from a friend of the Switch, Kimco. Kimco, publisher, friend of the Switch. Uh, but Bonds of the Skies is headed to the Switch uh, with pre-purchase options. Uh, at the Once again, listen to this on Friday. They're live. Um, Bonds of the Skies. Not bonds of disguise. I know I, I kind of stuttered there. And it sounds like disguise. Like <laughs> that's we're, that's we're definitely a New like England ninja take. Or spies that's a new, or something. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a New England take. Bond of disguise. Oh, that's how we <laughs> disguise. How, yes. disguise. Yeah, disguise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but bond of the skies. Um, I look. I am. I am someone who enjoys. Shall we say? I don't know. I don't know how 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 should we word this? Budget RPGs. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Look, I enjoy these as much as anyone. Maybe call them like popcorn RPGs, right? You know, that's so, what that's what Kemco does. Yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. I, I also appreciate a good sort of trying to capitalize on the success of something else. Uh, but if you look at Bonds of the Skies. If you look at the logo, I'm look looking at, at it. Well, yeah, look at the character design. Yep, I'm looking at it. Yep, yep. yep. It, it it really brings to mind a, a smaller game, lesser known game than even this, called uh, the Legend of Hero Trails in the Skies. Trails in the Sky. Uh huh. Uh huh. That that logo, <laughs> that that font choice, it's pretty smart. It's pretty smart. But anyway. Anyway, uh, I, I got to do a little. Uh, I'm gonna do a Bing search on that one. 
Chandler Bingit. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh boy. I I see what you're saying. Yeah, Bonds yeah, of yeah, yeah. the Skies. Very similar to uh yeah, the Trails, Trails in the Sky. Yeah. How lovely. But anyway, now, anyway, this now, may be this may be total quality. It may be. I'm not I'm not throwing off on it. Now, the do all Kemco games look the same? Ooh, that 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 was your insinuation. I'm, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm asking your opinion. I'm not insinuating anything. I'm just asking. Do they look the same to you? So you think they all look the same? Is what you're saying? They do, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. All 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 Ubisoft games look the same. Um, not really. Like Mario plus Rabbids looks nothing uh, okay, like okay, the Division. Okay okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But but Division, Watch Dogs, Far Cry, okay, Assassin's Creed, and I'm not I'm not saying that to put down. Well, Ubisoft. they're all third person because know. because because we, we'll talk about it in a minute what I've been playing, uh-huh. but and, and and I love those. But I'm saying like I'm not going to fault Kimco for all you know using the same engine and assets and. Look, if it works, it works. Go for it, Kimco. You know, okay. I don't have to buy and enjoy the games, but I mean, in in all honesty, this one looks the most appealing to me. So I, I feel like I say that every new Kimco game, and it just <laughs> never works out. I'm like, this is the one. This is the one. Yes, and and I guess this was on the 3ds. I again, it's another 3ds coming over to the Switch. Um, I just never. I never got into it. It was late in the 3DS's life cycle. So, yeah, it's a Kemco game. They're another great supporter of the Switch. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. And look, I mean, supply and demand says, economics say, look, if people weren't buying them, Kemco would stop putting these out there. So, I mean, obviously there's a market for it. So, And I don't know if you saw the very first comment on this article, no, no. Um, it is Ben Av. I don't know who that is, but it says you lost me at Chemco. So very cool. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for, thank you for that perspective there, Ben Av. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right, uh, sticking at Nintendo Life, uh, we have another game confirmation, game announcement coming of a port coming over to Switch. Of course, Port Central, baby. Uh, this is an interesting one uh, because it's coming from a franchise that is widely known mm-hmm. for both its anime and, and its video games. But Sword Art Online, yeah, coming over to Switch. Uh, I don't know all of the different titles and subtitles of Sword Art Online. I don't know which one this is. I don't know if this is a a good one to come over, but it is uh, Sword Art Online Hollow Realization Deluxe Edition. Uh, because when you bring games to Switch, it's required that you have it six words or more <laughs> in the title. Uh, but anyway, Bandai Namco has confirmed that uh, it's bringing Sword Art Online Hollow Realization Deluxe Edition over May 24th. So it's not too up. far away. Uh, yeah. That About a month after the Final Fantasy uh, 10 and 10, 2 and 12 hit the Switch. So, I mean, like every month you got... Big old There's, RPG coming out. Yeah, they're a big, big, uh, big hitters every month. We're getting something, but having something. This is a in the RPG world. This is a fairly 
big and fairly good game. Uh, the name, anyways. I, again, I'm not again. I'm not very familiar with the Sword Art Online, but I know about it uh, as far as the name and the quality it brings. So, I'm I, I'm gonna I, I keep think, my eye on I'm, this one. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that brand rec- or like I don't want to say brand recognition, but having having the name on there, I think is mm-hmm. as, is important. Because even if it, this isn't necessarily the best game in the series, or you know the best game in the world, I, I like having franchises tied to Nintendo and tied to the Switch. If this is coming over, if this sells well, you know that future titles in the series uh, will be will be coming over. And mm-hmm. look, I have a real big soft spot for Bandai Namco. I, I like them as developer publisher. Whatever you know, whatever whatever hand they are in, in a game, the more of the the games that are Nintendo platforms, I am super super fans of. So, right, yeah, bring it over, and I hope you know, hope it does well. Me, me too. Last but definitely not least, one of the the most interesting slash confusing slash (laughs) fascinating mind boggling stories that I've read in a long time actually hit, I believe earlier this morning. I think it was earlier this morning that I first saw this might've happened yesterday, but anyway, uh, I chose, uh, the, the article from variety. This to me, Flashed me back to, I don't know the episode number specifically, but Gio and I talked uh, kind of extensively about mobile gaming. We talked about Nintendo's mobile gaming uh, strategy in yep. particular with Dragalia Lost specifically, Fire Emblem. We, I remember it was because it was reported how much money Dragalia had made in a short span of time, like three months, right? Yeah, it was something ridiculous. Right, and and so we know that that game is selling, 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 and Nintendo has, you know, that's sort of its latest uh, of its, you know, ventures into uh, the mobile space. But anyway, stories coming out today, surfacing today, that apparently Nintendo put out a statement to their mobile teams saying don't overload them with microtransactions don't make our customers our players right overpay and essentially don't 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 you know drag us into like the uh the the same conversation as like an EA right or like a you know these these uh publishers who have sort of been marred recently because of their nefarious microtransactions. Right, deeds, Ubisoft, right? Uh, Fallout 76, you know, those guys. Yes, so I'm going to just read uh, a, couple of, a couple of lines here from the Variety article. It says, Nintendo is worried that excessive microtransactions will harm its brand and reputation and is asking mobile development partners to curb player spending in games according to a report by the wall street journal nintendo is apparently happy to sacrifice some revenue to maintain its family-friendly image uh cyber agent inc parent company of dragalia lost developed uh or developer uh side games reportedly told wall street journal quote nintendo is not interested in making a large amount 
of revenue from a single smartphone game. If we manage, if we if we managed the game alone, we would have made a lot more. Wow. What what is your sort of response to this, Gio? <sighs> well, I like that it's trending in that direction for them. I just wish that the microtransactions would stop at a certain point, maybe capped out at a certain point. You know, I think in Pokemon Quest, there are microtransactions in that. But I think after about $30, after you spend $30 in microtransactions, you've unlocked everything. So again, you, you, you buy in small, but then you end up spending the money. I, I'd be okay with that. Now for them to try and save face to tell these developers, you know, tone it back or make it easier to obtain certain things, uh, certain, you know, items that you have to pay for or whatever, just make it overall family friendly is is uh very interesting and and i i can appreciate that from them because i don't know that you're going to see that from anyone else and in also in the article it says that they've that their revenue for dragalia lost is below expectations but it's still made a ridiculous amount of money and i think the most out of all of their products that they currently have out there so more than fire emblem more than again, more than uh, Pokemon. Let's go. What else is in there? I, I know I'm missing something. Mario Run, Animal Crossing. So yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. Pocket Pocket Camp. Yeah. So it's it's just made a ridiculous amount of money, and you almost want to commend them. And maybe this will be a, a trend going forward. I I mean I hope it it's a trend going forward with everyone else but the money is there it's ridiculous how the money is there so what so what is so baffling to me about this is just because it this is in in my mind you know i I don't know everything but in my mind this is the first time that a publisher has come out and said guys pull back microtransactions Mm mm-hmm you know that's so before that's before like the 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 fallout. Do you, I don't mean that intentionally. Oh, sure, 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 sure. You sure. know, like EA with the Star Wars Battlefront. Yes, true. they had to go through. You know, the players were very upset and all these petitions. And this is Nintendo kind of just getting ahead of that. Yeah, in the past, it's only been reactionary, right. based on basically threats from players of like, this is unethical or this is ridiculous or, you know, why, 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 why? And so it's almost like relenting. They, they remove them or they adjust them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time that I know of, of a publisher just coming out and saying to, you know, to preserve sort of the identity of our brand and of our name, we don't want to be in this negative situation so don't mm-hmm. do this so i as a as a player i like that because in my mind that's very pro consumer that's pro i'm going to you know use a term that you don't like but that's pro gamer right oh. that's that's pro person playing games sure um because that 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 is not overloading us with these microtransactions that a lot of people don't want. 
mm-hmm. which which I am for. I am for obviously as a person playing games. Mm-hmm. However, the thing that I think makes this complex and interesting is, in a weird way, could this turn around and bite them in the butt too? Because, especially since I mean, kind of, you know, candidly or. Not, not not uncandidly. I mean, very. Uh, you know, they just came out and said this to Washington, Washington. Uh, you know, Washington Street Journal. That developer said we could have made a lot more money if we just ran this thing ourselves. And you know, Nintendo. It sounds like Nintendo was sort of heavy-handed with like pulling right. back just how much they could charge and 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 and, and microtransact. Mm-hmm. So could this hurt Nintendo in the end? Because developers may not want to develop mobile games from Nintendo because they know that they're not going to be able to make the money that they quote unquote could otherwise. Right. So if you're not going to have developers developing mobile games, then you're not going to make money on mobile games because you're not going to have mobile games. Right. Right. No, no, that, that certainly, certainly makes sense. Because, because I understand like, yeah, because it still made a, a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And they've already got that, but I'm just saying, like, with them coming out and saying this, could that hurt N- Nintendo's future if devs say, "Yeah, we're not, we're not going to develop mobile because you're going to hold Nintendo. us back," you know? You're yeah, gonna because you're going to hold us back. Us from we'll go making... somewhere else. Yeah, right, right. That's that's a possibility, but I mean, in general, these have all been Nintendo IPs, so I think they could find developers to work with their product. Say for example, Mario Mario Kart. They go around to all these developers. I mean, they're they're going to people are going to want to work on them. That's true. That's true. Dragalia the Lost being different in that, that that was a brand new IP. Right. I don't I don't know I don't know how that deal went down though. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know if that was just Nintendo published or was that app developer was that sort of also in-house was that like a first-party studio? I I, I don't know how that Right. No, it's definitely a Nintendo IP at this point. Sure, it's something sure. something that they, you know, they they put out. It's it's not like uh uh Xenoblade Chronicles, you know. Yeah. It's definitely Nintendo owned. So they control the the everything pretty much. Uh, uh, they just don't have control of who's developing and but they I mean they kind of do because they can pick and choose. I don't know. I I just think developers are going to be. They're not going to have a problem with that. They're going to make their. They're going to make their money, and they're just. I think having the image of being more family friendly, you know, that we're not EA. We're not trying to get every single penny out of you. You know, make things kind of make the flow a little better. Not really. Oh, now I got to buy this. Now I got to buy this item. Now I want to buy this or whatever. So it kind of makes it flow like a better game. And maybe then eventually, maybe you will start seeing more money at that point. So who who knows? Hmm. Who knows? But I, yeah. I I think this is definitely an image image thing with with them, and it's cool. I I, I like to see Nintendo out forefront of that. I mean, leave it to Nintendo to do the opposite of what you know the industry is doing, or mm-hmm. like step out and and be different. So. Right. Yeah. And we know that they they love that image. They love that image that they have. Yeah. So. Yep. Anyway, interesting stuff. That wraps up the news. <clears throat> so let's head on over and talk about 
what games we have been playing recently this week. Sure. Um, so, Gio, what 8,000 games have you been playing? Um, number 8,000 is... No. Um, I started playing Caliglia Effect Overdose. That's an NIS America game. It it's it's very reminiscent of Persona, where you're you know you're in a school and it, I mean there aren't personas. It's it feels actually if I could just say it feels like a generic version of Persona because it's not as good mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> um, it's it's a little difficult for me, not difficult in game, but difficult for me to really get into. Okay. It, it, it's a little kind of you know quirky, janky. It's it's a little different than what I was expecting because I like the look of it. It's just not quite there for me. Uh, but I've also been playing Hard West. Hard West is something I've been when they announced that for the Switch. That was something I immediately wanted, and I'm playing it. I'm loving it again. It is such a cool game. I love the environment in that game, but I'm having a lot of fun on that. I've been do, putting that on, on on the YouTubes. I've been doing a little bit of Tales. I want to get more into Tales. I think I'm I think I'm going to stop uploading videos on YouTube because I just want to get into it. Um, sure. And I'm not having the time to dedicate to really to kind of record that. So um, I want to get back into Tales. I'm playing Evil Land too. Have you seen Evil Land? Hmm. All right. Well, Evil Land, it's I think it's the legendary edition or whatever. It's a really interesting game where it kind of brings you through like the the RPG, um, the history of RPGs where sometimes you're doing the 8-bit era, sometimes you're in the 16-bit era, and then you're in the PS2 era. It's really really interesting. It's actually available on mobile for a dollar if you if you really wanted to get yeah. into it, but it's available on the Switch and I'm really having, you know, I'm having fun with uh, with that one. But that's that's about it right now, right now, anyways. And Cosmic Star Heroin, which is kind of a nice little relaxing game for me to play. Excellent. So, what do you got, Gio? It's been a while, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with <laughs> several here. Okay. So Dragon Age, and then um, <laughs> Dragon Age Origins. No. Sure, sure. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely not. Uh, okay, so. I played uh, played start to finish Kingdom Hearts three when, oh, it, when wow. it came out a few weeks ago. Congratulations! Uh, yeah, so there's that. I'm caught up on the series. I have thoughts. We'll not share them here. Um, I also finally uh, was able to play Final Fantasy fifteen. Uh, okay. That is a game you know that I've wanted to play for years. I mean, I followed it for years and years and years. And then it's just one of those things that when it came out. I couldn't get it and then it was like one thing led to another there were so many other things to play and i just never played it finally played it had a blast with it loved did you? that game I why really, is that really game did. so divisive where like some people absolutely love it and then some people don't like it because okay so i think i think i think it's several different things number one uh, because it's a Final Fantasy game and it's so different from any other Final Fantasy game, I think inherently you're going to have some people from the series uh, not like it on the principle that it's not similar to the others. Right. Or maybe it's not, you know, as It's not good. a Final Fantasy game. It's not as good as the others. And get off which, my lawn. Yeah, sure. 
Sure. So, so I think there are, there's that uh, that group of people, but then I think that there are all the, are the group of people as well that sort of they it suffered. It really did, even though I think that it, it when you know it came out and it was as good as it could be. Uh, I, th- I still think that there were a lot of people that that they kind of lost because of the long development cycle that expectations were set or they saw what the original development team was doing with it and they thought it was going to be one thing and then it wasn't that right so whenever you're talking about a game being made made for 10 years there's going to be a level of disappointment no matter what so i think Mm -hmm. there's there's that plus i mean i can objectively say there are some issues with it you know from a storytelling perspective it was missing a lot of things and i know that they went back in and patched it with eight billion dlc you know things yep. that obviously an over exaggeration um but i think unfortunately for it it was a game that was really hindered by development just heck you know i mean just like the worst luck and development mm-hmm. changing teams taking a long time having a console generation change in the middle and having to redevelop for a new generation of consoles. Kind of same similar situation to what Kingdom Hearts 3 in a sense. Yeah, yeah, similar long long, long development cycle long development then, time, yeah, 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 and and generation change. Um and and uh and you know, it can't catch a break because they you know recently announced Tabata left the company to start mm-hmm. his own thing, so they canceled all future DLC. So we'll never really get Tabata's like finished product, which is sad in, in a way. Uh, but you know what? I still love the game for what it is, and I had an absolute blast with it. And the ending is one of my favorite endings to any Final Fantasy. So so there's that. There's that. Wow. All right. Uh, and that was a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, so, Gio, uh, I know that you are more of an Xbox guy than anything, okay? Nintendo, but you're an Xbox. Right, yeah, yeah. I've had an Xbox for a long time, never really taken advantage of it. Uh, But I haven't had a a PS4 for about six or eight months. And very recently, I I was like, you know what? Why don't I really take advantage of the Xbox? I played Kingdom Hearts 3 on the Xbox. Played Final Fantasy 15 on the Xbox. I took advantage of Game Pass two dollars for two months and i gotta tell you i've been distantly a fan of game pass and the idea of what xbox is doing with game pass for a while but man hands on that service is absolutely phenomenal really absolutely phenomenal and you're talking like i mean a normal month you're paying ten dollars a month and it's like netflix for games there are so many quality titles on it right now you can play all of the um uh, you can play all of the Tomb Raider, the three Tomb Raider games mm-hmm. that release. You can play, um, gee, uh, God, God, all of the um, all the the actual Microsoft first party stuff. You know, all three of them. Um, <laughs> uh, but but one of them being Ori in the Blind Forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I played Ori in the Blind Forest from beginning to end. That is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, Holy. It, it, I, I loved it that much. Uh, it's up there with Celeste for definitely favorite platformer of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, but but had a absolute blast with Ori and the Blind Forest. Um, dabbled in Watch Dogs a little bit. 
kind of uh, kind of going back to that game after knowing there was so much controversy surrounding it, and a lot of people hated it because it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. I'm having fun with it, like, because I'm not taking it too seriously, and yeah, I'm just yeah. kind of like running around, kind of like running over people and hacking stuff. I'm like, this is kind of fun, but I just kind of dabbled in that a little bit. Where things are getting a little bit more serious between me and Ubisoft is distantly I was interested in the division two because distantly I was interested in the division back when it came out, right. but I never played it. I, um, I played the open beta for division two and fell in love with that game and that world. Um, that sort of post bio disease ridden, like most of the population's dead. Mm-hmm. That like setting has always been one of my favorite settings. I think that they do it so well. Turns out I love like cover base, like, like cover shooting much okay. more than just like run and gun. Cause I'm a little bit better at it. It's a little bit more strategic. Right. And man, division has RPG down, dude. It is straight up RPG goodness, and so um, after playing the beta, I immediately, um, I immediately got the original Division, and I've been playing the original Division, having a blast with it. Nice. So there's that. Also, holy, um, you you've been working. This is all like last month, right? But I La- mean, last look, week you haven't heard, from, <laughs> yeah, you haven't heard from me in like two months. So yeah, you've been in a cave, right? So. Couple last couple things. Sold my MacBook finally. Turned oh. around, got a PS4. All right, because I could, I, I you know, I was having fun with the Xbox, but let's, let's be real, I was really <laughs> missing PS4. And I'm not downing Xbox. I, I love Xbox. Okay, but I got my PS4 back right in time for a just ridiculous PS4 sale for Ubisoft and Square Enix. Guys, if you have P- uh, PlayStation Plus. Go check out those uh, those sales for that. Um, so I was able to get uh, Assassin's Creed Origins mm-hmm. for like ten dollars or twelve dollars or something like that. Wow, yeah. Um, so I I started that recently. Uh, just just see what it's like. Um, so that's sort of me and Ubisoft having a good time recently. Then there's Anthem. Then there's Anthem. We were talking about this a little bit before. We're going to yep. talk about Anthem later. Sure. Yep. Um, but I, I've put maybe 20 hours into Anthem so far. I am playing on PC. So there isn't a chance that it's going to kill my machine, Yeah, you, which is you, a good thing. Yeah, that's always a good thing. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm playing primarily with my best friends. So like that part really helps having mm-hmm. someone. But I will say the interesting thing about Anthem to me is that people were so worried that you would not be able to play it solo because a lot of people just did not want to play it with other people. And that was a big concern. And I will say that the gameplay is more fun with with uh, with someone else. Mm-hmm. But every time you finish a mission, you have to go back to, to sort of your home base. That part is so not fun whenever you're playing with other people because part of the draw to a Bioware game is like the conversations with NPCs and sort of taking your time and exploring. And you can't really do that when you're supposed to be partying up with, with, with someone else. Mm -hmm. 
And there's a couple of times where like, because we were in a party, I could see um, that we were, we were both supposed to have, um, you know, this so, such and such mission, right? And so it shows up on my map because he has it active in his queue. Um, so we run the mission. I come back to turn it into the uh, to the NPC only to find out I'd forgotten to talk to the NPC before. Uh, yeah. And I did not have the mission. So, but, so never I was give you... ready to run that same mission, even though I just ran it with him. So like, so it's like it's it's this weird thing where like you, it's it's fun. To, the gameplay is fun with other people, but then you immediately between missions, I just wish I could like hang up with my friend and just like chill out in in the base and talk to talk to NPCs. So anyway, right. how are the loading times on PC? Are they really? lengthy but i know not near as bad as what they are on console okay Uh, so i mean i can't complain i i will say long enough for me to like get on twitter and and browse around but still still not as bad as you know the unfortunate reality of of console yeah that's crazy i mean so it sounds like a little love hate thing going on with anthem yeah yeah, I really want to like it, yeah. but I will say this: uh, when I sit down in the morning, because uh, actually recently uh, playing before work uh, is actually when I'm getting some of my gaming time in because I'm just so tired when I get home. <laughs> uh, but before work, when I have the when I have the the option between Division and Anthem, I've the last week I've chosen Division every single time. Yeah, I mean, if you gotta. If you have to like cut in and out of things and loading times along, I mean, you're you're essentially going to get very little gameplay out of the precious time that you have, you know. And 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 there's some weird things like the amount of loading screens too is is pretty weird for 2019, um, because uh, you have to um, you have a menu to go to the missions, you have a loading screen to go to the mission, right? So you in the mission loading screen to get back to like the victory screen, right? Mm-hmm. Then you get the option to go to back to the fort or go to what's called the forge. The forge is essentially an inventory. Like in any other game, it's literally just your inventory is where you create your loadouts for your, it's your okay. gear screen. Yep. But for Anthem is a complete, you have to go through a loading screen every time you go to it. And right. you can't just press a button to go to your gear screen. It's oh, an actual physical place that you have to go. And you get the option to, at, at the end of every mission, you get the option to either go to the fort or go to the forge. And so if you want to change your loadout at the end of your mission because you want to update it with the gear that you just got, you would have to load into the forge. Oh, jeez. Do your loadout, then load into Fort Tarsus. It's just it's just crazy. It's like why was that not just a button to go to a, a gear screen? I, right, I, I with you and just swap your gear. Right. Yeah, but the game gameplay is fun, and yeah. Anyway, I won't pile on it. We'll talk about its real big like objective flaws here, mm-hmm. here in a little bit. So, uh, so sales and releases, right? I'm trying to trying to remember. Um, Okay, so heading over to switchrpg.com, remember that uh, you can check all the sales and releases thanks to uh, 
switchlist.app. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you want to browse for games or search for games and you want to find something new to play, maybe check what's coming up. Um, sometimes the eShop just doesn't cut it, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to navigate. Maybe it doesn't bring up exactly what you want. doesn't have filters, things like that. So that's where switchlist.app comes in. It's the best place to search, filter, sort, and find new stuff. Um, once again, my eyes are very bad. I can... I can, let me see. I you can, got I it? Can, yeah, I can take this. Um, yeah, go for it. So, for, I mean, I'm not going to hit sales, and I did this last week. I, for me, I think sales, I mean, I don't know. They just... A lot of time, there are leftovers from last week. Yeah, so plus, I'm not I'm not big into hitting on yeah. sales. If you want to know what sales are going on, definitely hit up switchlist.app. Now, for releases yesterday, this was on the 5th. You had Bard's Gold, a game I'm not very familiar with. Ghoul Boy, again, that's coming out on the 7th. Also a game I'm not very familiar with. Braveland Trilogy is also the 7th. I'm not familiar with it, but a game I am very familiar with, Hard West, comes out on the 7th. By the time you're hearing this, it will already be out, and you should be buying it and playing it. And that's it. There you go. And just to clarify what I mean by my eyes are bad, everybody, I have my screen about four feet away from me. So if text is too small, it's just a single line. I can't read it. So anyway. And you don't have your glasses on. You don't have your glasses on. No, because you you could like see the camera and my soul because of the reflection. (laughs) Um All right, cool. So there you go. Switchlist.app. Go check mm-hmm. it out. One of my favorite segments, listener question time. Yeah. And I teased this at the top. Hall of Famer, Switch RPG uh, Podcast Hall of Famer, Paul Nichols, coming in with another good question. I mean, it's like, when will the good questions stop coming from Paul Well, Nichols? we we were having a dueling competition between Paul Nichols and someone on Twitter, Pretty Fly for a White, for a white guy. guy. Yeah, yeah he... He kind of gave up, I think. But anyways, we got Paul Nichols here. Can you read it or do you need me to read it? No, I I, I can do this. I can okay, do this. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm going to squint, and, but I got this. Okay. Paul writes in and asks, uh, what are some RPGs where the developers did really well with direct sequels? For example, the initial game was good, but they took in feedback and applied it in the second game, and it was even better. Uh, and then he also asks, are there any franchises that seem to do the opposite where the second game is not good? Mm-hmm. So we have, we have, we have quite a few, uh, examples here, Gio, you want to, you want to go with your, um, your example of a, an RPG franchise where the first game was good, but the second game was arguably better. I would say, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the wheel with this one. Now, Borderlands and Borderlands 2. Now, for me, Borderlands was really, really good. I don't know if you've ever played Borderlands. I I've love... only ever played Borderlands 2 okay. because my, my friend who got me into it said, if you're going to play one, just go straight to 2. 
Yeah, go go straight to two. It definitely is better. I don't know about you know head and shoulders because the first Borderlands is really good, but the second one just takes it to another level. The story, the writing, and the uh, yeah, the writing is just a lot better. The mechanics are better. The weaponry is better. Like everything is was improved upon. Like uh, it was just really really improved upon and. So, so good. So that is definitely one to look at when when you when you see that question, when you want to know, you know, which one is better or not. But anyways, uh, yeah, Borderlands, Borderlands 2 for me is is that for sure. Okay, now I um, I put one here that I have not I've not played this franchise, but I am sort of from what I gather, from what I hear, from what I read. Um, but I think you have played this series, so you can back me up. But Mass Effect, mm-hmm. going from Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 2, I have I have traditionally heard that Mass Effect 2 is arguably the best game in the trilogy. How I, would you, how, what, do, what do you think about that? Do you I, think it was I would a, say so. I mean, visually, it looks a ton better. Um, maybe more, you know, time just has a lot to do with that. Again, I, I'm trying to think of what mechanically or what really, really made that game a ton better. I, I think the 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 shooting, the over the shoulder, because it's kind of it's a third person, but the actual combat felt better. It wasn't as clanky or janky. It was it was a little bit smoother, made more sense. And when you go to three, it's kind of the same. They added more like flight mechanics and things like that in three, but with two, they there's such a drastic difference between one and two, I think. Um, but the the their additional races, the writing is a ton better. Like just overall, it's just a better game. Um, I, I'm just trying to jog my memory as to what else made that game so good. It just felt like a bigger, better story. Where Mass Effect One was kind of the the world tra- the traveling. Or the fast traveling and going to different planets just felt weird to me. I, I can't even really explain it. It's just it's just the the just the world travel just didn't just wasn't good in Mass Effect one, but it's definitely better in, in two. So Great. but like I said, with Mass Effect three, it was kind of an incomplete ending. They they redeemed themselves, but it, it's it's on the same level as two. In my opinion. Gotcha. Uh, so I've got a couple more things down here as well. I think Kingdom Hearts is an interesting one. Um, and, and look, all of these at some point are going to be subjective. Uh, but I think that Kingdom Hearts to Kingdom Hearts 2, I have a lot of nostalgia, a lot of love for the original Kingdom Hearts. But for me, uh, that jump in quality and visuals in combat and camera and like controls uh in story complexity you know storytelling ability uh the jump from kingdom hearts to kingdom hearts 2 was was pretty phenomenal um and it's widely kingdom hearts 2 is widely regarded uh, as being superior a superior sequel to the original so Mm -hmm. i thought that was an interesting one um one that i I feel like i'm going to get some pushback on is Xenoblade Chronicles uh, because there are so many people that love the original 
and they will argue that the original is better than Xenoblade Chronicles 2, but I think that a case can be made. I think that it's a testament to the quality of the, of the series so far that you can have that like back and forth, which one is better. Right. But I, I think it's undeniable that that Monolith Soft took what people loved about the original Xenoblade Chronicles and applied that with more for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And you can't deny that Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is a is a great game. Right. No doubt about it. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is a great game. But I feel I feel like they're just very different games. Like they're really you know, that obviously they're not direct sequels or, or anything like that. So there's really they weren't trying to reciprocate one or the other. Do you know what I mean? Like they're sure. they're just very different games with the same name, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. Um along with X. So if you want to even throw X in there, they're just they're all three of them are very, very different. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. The the way that they tie them together, though, you can't deny that they're in the same universe. All right. And, right. Know. But that's. I, but mean, I get what you're saying. It's not yeah, a continuation yeah. of the story. It's right. Not a exactly. Quote, unquote, direct sequel, which is technically what Paul is asking. Right. Something like Borderlands 1 and 2 or Mass Effect 1, 2, 3 or Kingdom Hearts 1, 1.273, like whatever iteration of Kingdom Hearts you. I don't even know. There are so many. I can't even keep track of them but you know those are obviously those are more direct kind of sequels whereas with xenoblade they're they're kind of just they're just a namesake only they're they're only they're just all different games in my opinion yeah, yeah i got you i got which you. is the right opinion <laughs> um okay so then next up i've got the witcher okay um because I think I think I could speak more of the jump between two and three. Obviously, it was a big jump there, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that having an open world game autom- automatically makes it a better game. It's not, but the way that they r- made that open world a reality, I think, is undeniably pretty fantastic. Yeah, uh, with the amount of writing, with the amount of side content, with the amount of life that that world has. Um, so I, I it think, felt I right think, at home with The Witcher, like it was like perfect. Absolutely, and I think that honestly, if someone came into the series playing three first and they went back and played the first two, I I think that unless they're like really invested and they really like them, sure. I think that there's gonna t- there's some growing pains there of going back because of the such jump in quality between like two and three, and um, and I think that's a good way to to differentiate you know is this one better than that one so if you go work backwards so for example borderlands 2 and then going back and play borderlands the first borderlands you can tell there's a little you know they've been proved on on things same thing with kingdom hearts i guess you would have to speak to that like going backwards you're missing out on certain things like some quality of life improvements and actually now that i'm thinking of this for me dark souls 3 Again, working backwards, sure. there were dramatic improvements in gameplay. And, uh, you know, storytelling has always been really the same to me. But just in terms of gameplay mechanics, Dark Souls has has always improved with every iteration. But, again, if you work backwards, you start to miss those things. And 
and and that's how you can tell they they've listened to things they kind of honed in on on their skill and you know maybe you will you could see that in in the witcher um and then but not in xenoblade (laughs) okay so then one um that i thought was interesting i thought of it uh and i kind of thought of you too because i know how much you love divinity original sin Mm too is this a is this a situation of just being totally different from the first one? Because I've never played the first Divinity Original Sin. It, it is. I don't know. In terms of actual the way it plays, it is it is sort of similar. Again, there are those quality of life changes, which I think if you start working backwards, you're gonna really really miss. And I can't think of anything specifically, but again, if you're working backwards, you you will miss you'll miss those things. Now, I, I, and and I feel like this is the case with everything I've been saying, but in, the writing is better, the music is better. Now, with Divinity Original Sin, they had the, I guess you could call it an advantage. They were Kickstarter funded. So a lot of, a lot of people, you know, they're really invested in it. And they're really putting their opinions out there. And with Larian Studios, they... They really listen to everyone. So if there are any of those improvements that people are requesting, they're going to kind of look into those things. And I think you're going to see that or you see that with Kickstarter type games. I, I, I don't know. That's just how I feel that because they every, the, the only way they make their game is if people are putting money into it. So they're going to kind of want to take, you know, recommendations or whatever people are thinking about. And you're going to especially with the second one. People have played the first one. Maybe you know, hey, it would be cool if we if you did whatever you know if you added this aspect to the game or if you changed this. They're they're gonna listen to it more because people are paying. They're essentially paying them up front without even seeing yeah. anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So now to answer his second question here: Are there uh, franchises that seem to do the opposite, where the first game was good, second game? seems to take a step back mm-hmm. uh, i see that you have one i have one so what, what what's yours for me it's fable and fable 2 fable was oh man that game when i played that on the original xbox blew me away which, which i can play on game pass by the way oh there you go there you go but when they i don't know they just they made so many improvements they tried to add in co-op or multiplayer on the PlayStation, uh, I think that was on PlayStation 2. And the story just really was uninteresting. The multiplayer was was broken. It was really made no sense. Um, the, the whole game itself was kind of broken, in, in my opinion. And they just tried to innovate so much in that game where it just it just didn't work. They and apparently they redeemed themselves in in Fable Three, but I lost it with when when I played uh, Fable Two. So I wasn't contributing any more money to them. But yeah, I would say Fable, the Fable series. Okay, so for me. Um... I went with I went with Dragon Age. Uh, just speaking to going from Dragon Age Origins to Dragon Age Two, and don't get me wrong, I I love Dragon Age Two, and it there were elements, there were things, there were aspects that it did better than Origins. It sped up the combat, it made it feel a little bit more sort of active in your face. Um, 
it looked a little bit better. Uh, but there were so many things that to me were lacking about that game that sort of makes it such a mediocre title. And I understand uh, that part of the problem was, and interestingly enough, ironically enough, it's 2019 and we're still kind of talking about this, but I know that EA put a lot of pressure on Bioware and really, really made it impossible for them to make a good game there. And mm-hmm. yes, I'm talking about Dragon Age 2 and not a game that came out in 2019. Uh, but, so it's been happening for a long time with EA. For a long time. So um, EA was not in char- did not have Bioware until after Dragon Age Origins. So, I mean, there we go. Um, but anyway, uh, still in my mind, uh, Dragon Age Origins is a superior game over Dragon Age 2. Uh, despite some some minor things that Dragon Age 2 did better... I think overall, not not as good of a game. So. Yeah. And, and I can't really think of anything else where they kind of just took a big step backwards. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 spent, I spent a while thinking about that, but yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So... So very good question. Very good question. Thank you for <clears throat> writing in Paul Nichols. Geo, do you know what time it is? We're going to PAX. No. True. PAX true, season. but not yes. quite yet. Oh. I don't know. Not not just, quite just, yet. So Phil, just tell me. Where are we going? Going on a get ready to cue the music right here. Side quest. Right here. Right there. As soon as I said the word side quest, that's where the music comes right. in. I gotta, bum, I gotta bum, get that. Done. Bum. Okay. Got it. Gotta do it. Joe, hit me with what the side quest is tonight. Is that because you, you came up with this doozy? Is that no, because you can't I can read totally it? see it, but I won't throw it to you because I feel like I've been speaking for eighty-five percent of the podcast. That's okay. Um, that's because you, you haven't been talking this entire time. You haven't been here. You've just been silent, <laughs> sitting at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even in All my right. personal life, I just haven't said that. <laughs> All right. Should developers like Bethesda and EA be responsible? after they put out games like Anthem and Fallout 76. Both games are broken in different ways. Like, how much should they be responsible for? Like, Okay, responsible in what way? Uh, like, refunding or like... Potentially, funding? yes, refunding. I mean, that would be the most drastic case, right? Full refund or like, I mean, are they going to go in, patch? Like, how much time should they invest right. in some of these right, things? Right, right, right. Uh, because in the case of, say, a publisher pressuring a developer to put out a game that may not be ready uh-huh. uh, or may be in a broken state, like you're saying, uh, then they turn around and, and and sort of punish the developer by not supporting it for a long time because of bad sales or bad PR, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, should they be held responsible? I think so, Yes. Mm-hmm. I think they should be held responsible. Uh, I think that they should be held accountable because I think, look, I mean, you know, devs might take a while if they really wanted to. And, you know, publishers are the business side of things. And anytime business and art, you get that clash, right? Uh, and, and the business says, okay, well, we've got to put something out because we've got to make money. 
look, I understand that, but when you are doing it to the point that it's, it's detrimental, making it, it's making a product inferior or it's harming your customers, then I think you got to look at your business practices and say, okay, well, as a business, we're going to have to pay to make this right. And like I said, whether that is through refunding or like what you're saying, whether that is through investment, time, money, making this right, I think you got to. So, so where did they go wrong? Are the publishers not, not seeing this? You know, is it better to save face and just get it right the first time? You know, put the money, put the time and effort before releasing the game, you delay the game or release a broken game or a half finished game. People are upset with you. They're upset with your brand. And now you kind of have to lose money again. Like I think in the long run, this is going to hurt hurt this would hurt them why would they why would you want to put out a product like that it just makes it makes zero sense to me and you these bioware and bethesda had to have known that these games are going out and there are potential there are a lot of problems and to have them release a game like this when when they're clearly not ready is just it's such bad business practice it makes it, it would it makes zero sense because you're hurting your your brand, and now you have to pay even more money to try and fix the issues that are are there. When had you just taken the time initially, you probably would have saved money in the long run. Yeah, you would have had people that are angry because the game's getting delayed. Whatever, just make it right the first time, and you won't have that problem. You won't have that bad PR that that hit is just. I think that stings more and especially in going to it's been a thing with me. I've been talking about Fallout 76, for, you know, and I haven't even played it yet. I have the Power Armor edition. I haven't even touched that game and I'm a Bethesda. I'm a huge Bethesda fan and just the the negative PR around that game. I just can't even I don't even want to think about playing that at all. And and just it, had they stuck to their core principles they they would have they would have never had any issues and it's just it's just too 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 bad and yes they are responsible for i think up to, uh, refunds yes for sure now how far do you take that how i mean if you're not happy with the game in i don't know a month's time i mean i mean how how long do you take that for Okay, so I think um, one of, because I know that these are the two that are so fresh on everybody's minds because yeah. they're happening right now. But I mean, this 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 isn't the first time anything like this has ever happened. I think if you go back and look at Final Fantasy fourteen, uh, historically historically bad. MMO release. Yeah, uh, the original version of Final Fantasy fourteen was broken, was almost unplayable lacked content people complained about so much that i think in one of the few times that i feel like square enix really handled something well they made the they i believe they refunded players and then they made the game free to play until they were ready to launch the new thing which was a historically one of the biggest turnarounds in in video game history with a real reward coming out and being what the gamers really wanted and deserved. So 
where is the line of oh I just I didn't enjoy this I think you've got I think as a either either as a developer or as a publisher you've got to look at the product that you put out and you've got to say it doesn't really matter if game if if players are enjoying this or not this game isn't worth the money that they they spent on it right so I think that you know whether that is offering it free to play for a certain amount of time until you fix it. Or if that is refunding as you know players up to a certain amount, uh, you know, like okay, so if you bought this, I don't know, it gets sticky, right? Because right. at some point people paid money, and you know you can't just like send back all the money that that's ever been spent on the game. Mm-hmm. But offer those players some sort of in-game reward for being those early adopters and, and being those early investors, uh, you got to do something to, to make it worth their while. But that's essentially, that's essentially what we've become in modern gaming. We've become beta testers. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they're, they're saving on their end by not play testing these games. And they're having us because they, they have the ability to, patch these games later on so they could potentially be saying hey let's just get this out there show off what we got we'll fix it later not thinking i guess not thinking about the the fallout for that or and i really that's not a pun it really isn't it's just the <laughs> then they're, they're not thinking of 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 what that could that harm that can do and and then and you just i think that's the the one of the fallbacks on modern gaming is, yeah, we can just upload patches, upload patches. Well, so there, there are a couple of things that are mind-boggling to me about these these two recent scenarios. One, um, so you have Fallout seventy six, okay, and they're both broken in different ways. They're I feel. totally broken in different yeah. ways. Uh, I would say, I would say Anthem offering more content on release than fallout 76 did. Um, but I would say more technically broken maybe than fallout 76 was. Mm-hmm. So completely different situations, but geo, correct me if I'm wrong. Was fallout 76 made in house by Bethesda? Yes. Software Bethesda game studios. Game studios. Okay. Yep. So that, that's another sort of difference here because Bethesda is a publisher. Sure. But they also had the Bethesda Game Studio developer. Right. Whereas EA is the publisher, BioWare is developer. Okay. So I can see, I can look at it with my eyes. I can see the de- the de- developer publisher tension or where you come in as a publisher and sure. you, you, you say, put the game out now, even if it's not ready. But in the, in the case of Fallout 76, were they just thinking that, that that was the game that, they were trying People to be innovative. I, I think they were just trying to be innovative, just trying to come up with something different. But th- they just misread their audience. They misread their audience. People who like Fallout, play Fallout, they want to play. It's a single-player game. They want to play by themselves. They they don't want an MMO. That's just my opinion. I mean, obviously, there are people that play the game. And I'm sure there are some people that enjoy the game. But most Fallout players aren't going to want that. I, I would go as far as to say, 
if they had put out a more traditional style MMO, I think that Fallout players would have been a little bit more okay with it because at least then it would have come with like NPCs and a story. Right. The thing was they put out a world with nothing in it and then they said, well, you'll make your own story. Okay, well, is that innovative or is that lazy? You know, like, yeah, yeah. Is that like, okay, well, let's get sort of this vehicle out there that will rake in money, hopefully, through microtransactions and Mm -hmm. stuff. So I don't know. In the Bethesda situation, was it that they put out something that was incomplete because they just needed something out there to rake in revenue? Because, you know, they only put out a game every four years? I, I, I don't know. I can easily, though, see the EA Bioware situation where what what's, what's interesting to me is that Okay, yes, there was rumors that Anthem has been sort of in the works for a long time. We've had confirmation that it's it's sort of been being made for like 10 years, sort of behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But it was not announced until two E3s ago. Two right. E3s ago. So it's not like we got an announcement five years ago, right? So from the standpoint of a developer i can see where okay you want you want to make sure that you aren't uh you know you don't announce too early so that then there's that long cycle of hype and you find yourself into a final fantasy 15 kingdom hearts 3 setting right Right. where then the hype's too big so as a developer maybe you know okay well we announced the game a while ago we got to get it out in whatever form it's in but that wasn't really the anthem that wasn't really the case it was two years right i think I think announcement to release three years is not really too long. No, I, mean, I don't. I don't think, I think so either. I mean, with you, another eight or nine months of development time, I think they could have fixed a lot of the problems that we're seeing now. Yeah, and it would have more content in it, which it needs. And so I, 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 I just really wonder if EA came in, and of course I don't know for sure. Pressure. EA them. came in said. You have to start making money now because you got to remember their last thing that Bioware put out was Andromeda Hmm. was not up to the standards sales wise and obviously quality wise as you know, the things that they had put out in the past. So it had been a while since Bioware had made some revenue. We know that EA is very money minded. They might've come in and said, look, you got to put it out regardless of what state it's in and then just fix it after. Um, and I think I think it might wind up really hurting them, and that's unfortunate. And I'm not saying that you know Bioware is completely clean in all this because I mean it is a broken game. But then again, did they have the full development cycle that they should have had or deserved? Right. Yeah. No. There's, there's. I guess there's no way of knowing. Maybe that will come out eventually. But yeah, maybe they were feeling the pressures from EA. But that definitely doesn't explain um, Fallout 76 with Bethesda. They're they're in-house game studio is they they're not pressuring themselves they should be releasing the game sure. what it's good and ready and not you know if if it needs to be delayed delay it i mean and, that, and and then there is there is this slight other layer to it where uh you had apex legends come out like a what two weeks before anthem did was also an e published an ea published game uh, made by Respawn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now they made this game on their own. It did not tell them to put this game out. 
They chose the release date. They chose how it was going to be released. So they're sort of throwing around some weight in this whole like, oh, you know, I I like to say EA is making these studios do this. But Respawn's kind of sitting there saying like, nah, we kind of make our own decisions. Right. And I feel like if any studio should be able to do that, it's Bioware with the history that they have and, you know, the storied, uh, the storied studio that they are. Shouldn't they be able to sort of throw around some weight? Tell EA, look, game's not ready. Believe in us, invest in us, trust in us. If we put this out, you know, eight months down the road, if this is a fall release, it will go a lot better right. because it will be a better product. So maybe maybe Bioware does have that ability and they didn't, you know? Because right. it, Respawn proves that developers, there are developers under EA that they can do what they want if they just sort of stand up to EA and, and, and do it. So it's interesting, fascinating situation. And I'm but sure more will the original, come out from it. Um, yeah. On, on going back either. to the original question. Yes. I think, I think the publisher, especially in situations where they are pressuring the developer, you got, you got to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I just did. I just don't, I mean, what has Bethesda done? What has EA done about this? Other than, I think Bethesda did offer some refunds for Power Armor editions only, not for the regular game. So there was that canvas bag fiasco. So if you wanted to return it within, I don't know, 30 days, they, they allowed that return. But yeah, there was there was nothing else. There, there was nothing else on, on either one of them uh, for refunds. So I don't know. I don't, I don't see it happening. It should happen, but I don't see it happening. Well, and then you had the whole very strange sort of release, staggered release schedule with Anthem, where you had the people paying the most money got the most broken version of the game. <laughs> that in itself is is mind-boggling when you think about it. Right. They paid for premium access, and they got a game that didn't even have a day one patch, and that was the most broken of all the versions. Ouch. You know, and and they're still not out of the weeds yet because it seems like every time they fix one thing, two other things break. PS4s allegedly sort of quote unquote breaking, uh, not being destroyed like was originally thought. Uh, there is a way to to get it back from its bricked state, but still, it's like uh, we should not have to be doing this. We no, not, not at have all. Have to be booting up safe mode just to play this game, Jeez. or just because we played this game. You know, so I mean. And I've seen video after video after video of just the performance. You know, take bricking aside, take the you know, screwing up the, the actual machine aside. The performance on console is pretty astoundingly bad. Oh. From a rubber banding standpoint, I, I, I saw this one video on Scott on Twitter where he jumped off the platform, flew for five seconds, was back on the platform. <laughs> Tried it two more times, just could not leave the platform. Uh, even on PC, I've I've had trouble with drops, disconnects, and rubber banding on PC. You know, it's and, everywhere. And I promise, I promise, it's not when my internet's going at like you know four KB. You know, uh, uh, that's probably there. mostly what it is. But yeah, yeah. But anyway, <sighs> we did well, it. that was that was good. Did that was that cathartic for you? That was. Oh, I needed this. I needed this. I needed that too. Uh, Gio, do you have anything else you want to add, or is that going to wrap? No. Up um, 
nothing there. I, I mean, I did want to thank you for uh, for taking the time to join me again uh, for this episode. And again, like I've said, you're you're welcome back anytime. Well, thank you again for having me back, and it was good to to get back in the in the Switch RPG car and drive down memory lane and down new highways. Life is a highway, you know. Nah. I don't get all right. Anyway, that's going to wrap you, up. I thought you were going to break into song there. I'm like, wow, this yeah, is a, yeah, this is a yeah. new fill. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up episode 43 of the Switch RPG podcast. Thank you so much for listening uh, and for listening to all of my ranting and ravings. And uh, thank you for making it as far. And thank you, Paul Nichols, for sending in your questions. Remember, guys, you can always head over to discord.switchrpg.com. Join the podcast channel. Post your questions in there. Post your responses. Uh, like I said, Geo is good about being in there, keeping an eye on it, and interacting with you. Uh, remember that you can keep, uh, check us out each and every Friday on your favorite podcast app. And if you will, head over, give us a rating and review. That would be amazing. Remember, you can always watch uh, the video version of the podcast on YouTube. Even if it's not live, like we would love for it to be, uh, we do have the video version over on YouTube.com slash SwitchRPG. Uh, remember, you can head over to SwitchRPG.com for all of your RPG needs, RPG content, stuff like that. And then uh, if you like what you hear and see and read, consider going over to patreon.com slash switch RPG and tossing us a dollar or two if you can spare it. But if not, remember that, uh, <laughs> you distracted me. You highlighted something. Hang on. <laughs> but anyway, uh, if you can't, going on? if you can't, that's totally fine. You being part of the community is what matters to us. Un- Till next time, keep grinding. Keep grinding. <laughs> let me. Let me. Uh, keep... I can't. I can't. I don't. I don't see what it says. You put it in pink, and I can't read it. You can't read it. I, I've been. Cha- let me. Um, let me help mine. Okay. Okay. Until next time, keep grinding that backlog, and always refill your potions. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh That's man, this is fun That's messing with you. I love it. Yeah, I miss it. I miss it. It's good All to be right, back. Man. Guys, until next time, have a good week. Goodbye.